0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you don't, they'll put it up on the screen here, but many of you can probably quote most of this. It says, To everything there is a season, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven." and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. All right, y'all get all that? If not, you've got the word of the Lord, you can go back to it. but basically it's saying life happens. It happens good and it happens bad. It happens to the best of people. It happens to the worst of people. Good things come and bad things come. Good things go and bad things go. Tonight, I wonder if I were to ask you by a show of hands, how many of you know who Punxsutawney Phil is? Punxsutawney Phil. Anybody know who Punxsutawney Phil is? One, two, three, just a handful of you. Mr. Punxsutawney Phil is the world's most famous Groundhog. And tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject, Stop Trusting Groundhogs. Stop Trusting Groundhogs. And I pray you don't ever forget that sermon title. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Last month on 0202-2020, Mr. Phil came out of his tree trunk And if he were to see a shadow, that would predict that there would be six more weeks of winter. If he did not see his shadow, that means that spring is on its way. Does anybody know what Mr. Phil saw this year? Or what he did not see, rather? He did not see his shadow... So his prediction was that he did not see his shadow, so spring should soon be on its way. How do we determine if this groundhog saw his shadow or not, you ask? Why, we let him choose between one of two scrolls, leaving Mr. Phil with a 50% chance of being right every time he chooses. You know, people come up to me with my twins all the time like I'm some type of game show host, and they say, okay, now let me guess which one's which, Cohen and Camden, and I'm thinking, well, great job, people. You had a 50% shot right from the get-go of getting it right. However, even in those odds, Mr. Phil has only been right about 39% of the time. One of the men associated with this grand day said, people get miserable with all of the winter. Groundhog Day is a day they can come out and forget about all of that and hear that their winter may soon be over. Listen, tonight it may be two weeks. It may be four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. It may be several months. But one thing I can assure you, seasons are going to change and spring is going to come. A new season is coming whether I want it to or not. Spring is on its way regardless of what Mr. Phil may see. Your winter is not going to last forever. Seasons come and seasons go. We are not stuck. We are not in an eternal season of winter or heat or summer. And everybody from Texas said, amen. I know when we are in a difficult season at times, it seems like that season lasts forever. And when you finally get past that season, you may look back and say, well, it wasn't so bad after all. But in the moment of that storm and that trial and that season of life, it feels like eternity. And then the seasons of health and wealth and blessings and prosperity, they seem so short and small. But either way, seasons change. Our text said to everything, there is a season and a time That word season there is "zeman," which means a set time or an appointed time. Then it goes on to say, not only to everything is there a season, it says and a time. You say, well, is a season and a time not the same thing? Well, evidently not, because there's two different words there that speak of this. That first word means a set time or an appointed time. But the word time there was a word named eighth, which is The time of an event, the time where everything finally begins to unfold and unravel before you, and you can look at it and say, Now this makes perfect. So to everything, there is a season of things that just happen and, and they come by. But there is also a time, a purpose under the heaven. There's also a specific moment where everything begins to reveal itself. And your eyes are opened and you see, now I see what all of that was about. When Esther said those famous words for such a time as this... It was not talking about that general season. It was saying exactly in this moment for this specific reason, everything is making sense now. Everything is unfolding now of why my life has turned out the way that it has and why I have found my place in the position I have found myself in. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't because th- it, things just unraveled this way. No, it was that word there that 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 said, it was the right reason, it was the right time, it was that God given moment right now for such a time as this. It is so important that we understand there is a season. I'm not talking about spring, summer, fall, and winter. We all know those kinds of seasons. They're teaching my boys at school that right now about spring and what all that it brings, and summer, and fall, and winter. But I'm talking about the seasons of life. We quote this verse often, but we forget the rest of it to everything. There is a season, a time to live, a time to die, a time to build up a time to tear down. And while I do want to talk about seasons tonight, I also want us to remember there is also a time to every purpose under heaven. The saying is so true. Timing is everything ask the batter who is at the plate when a pitch is being thrown a hundred miles per hour and he has to decide very quickly whether he's going to swing or not ask the baker who puts in a delicious pie into the oven how much time means to him. Now, he could walk away from the oven and pretend like time doesn't exist and pretend like he doesn't need to know all the details. But the fact is, he needs to know how long the pie has been in there. Time is very important. My wife and I went to the airport one morning, and we were to fly out, and we got into Hobby Airport. And I walked around the corner, and I saw, no kidding, over a 1,000 people in the security line before us not exaggerating and i wondered what in the world was going on and they had people coming and handing papers and water bottles cuz it was so hot in that airport and i was thinking what in the world has gone on and they they come up and they said i'm so sorry but we've had a power outage and we are not letting anyone go through security because all the metal detectors are down So you're going to have to stay here until we get everything else up and running, and you're going to have to call this number and change your flight because chances are your plane has already left. And people started saying, well, my plane's not supposed to leave for another hour. Why is it already leaving? They said, because we have to stick to a strict schedule. There's other planes that are coming in, and, and this plane had to be at this airport because it's a connecting flight for people to go to that place. And if we let one slip, they've all messed everything up. Timing is so important. When Sarah and I first met, it was in 2004, and she was as tall as she is right now, and I was not. I was about five foot two. 80 pounds soaking wet. And then our paths then crossed again in 2009. And I had grown up a little bit. She was still the same height. And I thought now I might have a chance. But with no luck, she made me keep pursuing her. So I lived by the motto, do you believe in love at first sight or do I need to walk by again? So then in 2011... My grandmother said something around New Year's. She said, you know Sarah, don't you? And I said, I sure do. And then in my mind, I thought, well, I hadn't talked to her in a long time. I ought to check in and see how she's doing and and come to find out she had moved back home. And I was driving about an hour from where she lived almost every week. And so I reached out and said, hey, why don't, why don't we get together one night and just have dinner and, and catch up? So we did, and that was all she wrote. She finally... Uh, Finally, thought I measured up, I guess, but timing was truly everything, because the first time, neither one of us were probably attracted to the other one, and then the second time we ran into each other, truly our hearts were probably not where God wanted us to be, but when we finally were able to just be ourselves, and be friends, and sit down, and have a dinner, and be able to have a conversation with the other one, and relax, and 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 no strings attached, and just be yourself. Timing was everything, and God worked all of that out, and I say amen to that. You see, God, He is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time, even though we do not always recognize it in the moment. The children of Israel, as I have said before, had a divine moment when God told them to cross the Red Sea because they got there and, and they were first faced with adversity. And Brother James Hughes preaches about Dr. Andrew Newberg and Dr. Newberg and some other scientists and doctors got together and they said, you know, there's a lot of scientists that gather together to try to prove the Bible wrong. They try to prove that there's not a God and, and that there's no way these things could happen. And they said, we wanted to get on the offensive side of this and say, well, why not use science and why not prove that it very much could happen? And so they began running tests and looking at the Red Sea and walking around. And they said, well, we found a place in the Red Sea. That if the wind were to blow for a very length of time, it would begin to push water back long enough for that many people to cross over. And they said, but none of us really knew the Bible all that much. So then we went to the word of God to see what it said. And sure enough, we found in there that it said, and God made a wind to blow all night. So it was not just this accident that they walked up. It was not just this, wow, it just happened. God was already moving and already working and already creating this force that was going to be pushing back the water. What happened was Moses and the children of Israel got to the right place at the right time because God had ordained it so. Philip with the eunuch was another God-given opportunity. It's not uncommon, it's not coincidence, it is God. Small world, maybe, but most of the time, it's because we serve a very big God. Solomon writes here in Ecclesiastes and lists 28 examples of seasons and times of everything. Trying to convey that it is so important to know, number one, that there are seasons, and they are that. They are seasons that you're going to find yourself in. It's not always going to be that way. The, the place that you're in right now is not going to be the place that you're going to be in in 5 years or 10 years or 15 years. And for those of you that are living it up right now and everything's going your way and you've won five lotteries and you just hit the jackpot and everything's going great, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It won't always be that way. But for those of you that have found yourselves in a trial, And you found yourself in a storm and and you've struggled and you've come to church faithfully and you've prayed and you've wept and pleaded with God because you feel like your prayers don't even reach the ceiling. I've come to encourage you tonight. That is just a season and it's not always going to be that way. We've got some people in the building tonight that could testify that can say, I've been in those moments. I've been there where I felt discouraged. I've been there where I wanted to take my own life i've been there where I was upset and depressed, but somehow some way I pressed through, and I continued on, and I held on to the faith and now i'm on the other side of everything, and I can testify to somebody who's in that place tonight it's only for a season it's only for a moment if you could just get past that, everything's going to be all right. Brother James Hughes has shared many time statistics of of all the families in the homes and one statistic that i found was so amazing this over 70 something percent of marriages who had considered divorce that stuck it out not even two years later were happy they were content they were so thankful that they did not get a divorce just if you would just hold on a little bit longer and understand right now is some simply a season. You see, March 19th is the first day of spring. It will be spring for me and it will be spring for you. It will be spring for your friends and for your enemies. Everybody's going to share spring together, but there are other seasons in life that we get in that are not shared seasons. There are places that you find yourself in this life and others want to come to you and they want to encourage you and they mean so well. And they say, oh, I know right where you're at, brother. I know right where you're at, sister. But the reality is they don't know where you're at because you're not in the same season with them. They're in a different area. They're in a different place than you are right now. But I've come to tell you tonight that place that you are in is just a season. The other thing he wants us to understand is those seasons change. The season you're in right now is not the season you're going to be in. It changes. It it, it moves on as you move on. And maybe it's for the better. Maybe it's for the worse. But if it goes into the worst, just know that's a season too. And you can come out of that all right. You want to see somebody who had a up and down life just go through and read psalms and read david's life and and go through and read all the old oh, oh god thou art so wonderful and you're awesome and you're mighty and then the next oh god where are you oh lord i can't find you anywhere oh god you're you're the best you're number one. Oh god help pull me up out of this because it's life it's life you live you die you win some you lose some it, it's part of life The third thing he wants us to know is it is important to know which season you are in. Because if you don't, you will live in frustration. If I were to walk outside in July here in Houston in my thermals, in my pants, my coveralls, in my jacket and my toboggan, and my goggles, and my snow boots, and walk out in the middle of July and say, all right, who's ready to go play some soccer? I can promise you I wouldn't last five seconds out there on a soccer field with all of that. But there is someone somewhere else that could use all of that gear because they're in a different place than I am. Also, if I would walk out in the winter with some summer gear on, I would freeze very quickly. It's not that what I have is not sufficient. It's not sufficient for the season that I'm in. I feel like there's been a lot of confusion here lately. I've walked out the door, walked all the way out to my truck and turned right back around and walked inside and Sarah said, what are you doing? I said, I'm coming to change clothes. It's freezing outside. The next day, I put on a big, thick jacket and walk outside and walk right back in. Sarah said, what are you doing? I'm coming to change clothes. I can't breathe out there. Our weather can't make up its mind. I don't think it knows which season it's in. But it is important that we understand and have an understanding of what season of life we are in. Because if you are trying to plant when it is time to harvest, you're going to get very frustrated And if you are trying to harvest when it's time to plant, you are in essence wasting your time. Don't base what you do or not do on the opinion of someone simply making a prediction. Don't go outside and begin planning and begin working for the Lord and doing this and doing that. And you're doing what God has purposed in your heart to do and called you to do in this time. And you're planting and you look up and you see Brother Buddy's prospering and he's raking in a great harvest. And you say, hold on, Brother Buddy. I thought we were planting right now. We're not in the same season right now. God may have called him to a time of harvest, a season of harvest, and he may have called me to a season of planting. And I can't worry about what that groundhog's doing. I can't worry about what anyone else says about the season or how long they think it might last. I have to focus on what God has called me to do. I have to understand there are seasons. There are times to plant. There are times to pluck up, and I've got to know what season I'm in. Because if I'm watching him, then I'm getting distracted and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then when it comes time for my harvest season, I have nothing to harvest because I got distracted during my planting. I've got to make sure I'm paying attention to what season I am in. I've got to be sensitive and aware of what season my family is in and say, Okay, God, I know over there they're experiencing this, but I, I can't worry about them. I can't worry about whether they saw a shadow or not. I don't they they may be done with their winter in six weeks, but God, it may be six months before my winter is done. So, God, I need to pay attention to what you're trying to tell me and what you're trying to show me. Don't plan your day based upon what the weatherman told you this morning. It's fake news. We need to step back. And we need to look at our season and evaluate our lives and say, okay, now what can I do with where I'm at right now? God, you know that I'm hurting right now. You know that I'm frustrated. You know I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm worn. God, but I I know that right now you have a work for me to do even now. So God, would you help me to, to know what I can do right now in this season? I can't do what so-and-so can do, God. I, I, can't, I don't have the ability and the strength that they have to do that work. God's not calling you to do that work. He's calling you to do what you're capable of doing right now with where you are. I do not need to plant right now if God's calling me to harvest. I don't need to build up right now with God's saying, hold on, don't, don't keep building this. You need to go back because you, you've, you've made a mistake somewhere back here. You need to tear some of this back and tear that down and let's, let's get this right. What do I need to do in my season? There's a word in the New Testament that speaks of this divine timing, this opportune time. The word is kairos. Kairos is an archery term that denotes an arrow that is fired with sufficient force to penetrate the target. Now, logic says that if there were a target there in the back, I could get my bow out and my arrow and pull back the string and line up that arrow with that bullseye and release. And it should hit the bullseye, right? That's what logic would tell us. But you see, the ability to evaluate variables is that kairos that we were talking about. Because if the target is a long way off, a seasoned archer will understand there are many variables that will affect that arrow as it is flying. There could be rain, there could be wind, there could be twigs or other obstacles, it could be a great distance. So my aim does not need to be on the target. It needs to be moved off of the target to ensure that I hit the target. That is what we call kairos. We've got to make sure it's the perfect opportunity. The wind is right. The distance is right. And my aim is correct. Now it is time. Paul told us to redeem the time or make the most of every opportunity. Our timing is like this. We microwave our food. We pull up to one window and put in an order, pull up to the next window, pay for our order, pull up to the next window and receive our order. We Google all of our questions. We get online and type in our symptoms and we WebMD ourselves and find out what in the world's going on inside my body. And before we know it, we've got worse than the coronavirus and we're not expected to live two days ago. And we're thinking, how am I still alive? We get online and we self-diagnose ourselves and we real-time our news and we Facebook our friends. Everything happens right here right now in this very moment, all the while God is sitting back there saying, don't come looking to me for all that fast food business, because what I want to offer you, what I want to do is going to be a process. What I want to do in your life is going to take some time. But when the time is right, when that time moment comes, you're going to know it and you're going to enter into a place, and you're going to feel it in the presence of God. You're going to come into this place feeling one way, and in a moment, you're going to feel something shift, and you're going to feel it and say, this is that moment. This is what God was telling me was going to happen. This is what I've been waiting on. This is that moment right here, right now. And we can testify to that because we've been in moments like that before. We've been in those moments where we prayed and we said, Okay, God, I'm going to wait on you. And in that moment, it was hard and it was frustrating. But we came into the presence of God and some they sang a song and, and the word in that song just spoke to you and, and something got a hold of you and something shifted. And you said, Here it is. Here's that time right now. This is that moment that I have been waiting for. God's timing, as we have figured out over our lives, is a little bit different. God is not about instant, He's about cultivating the ground first. So we do that. Now He says, I want you to dig a hole, we dig a hole. Now I want you to plant a seed, so we plant a seed. Now I want you to cover that seed, so we cover the seed. God, I could have already had my happy meal. I could have already got a quick little blessing and and somebody could have said this quick little prayer over my life and I could have been done. God said, I'm I'm wanting to do more than that. I'm promising you something great, something grand. Okay, God, I'm covering the seed. Now what? Now I want you to water it. Okay, God, now what? Now I want you to water it. Okay, God, now what tomorrow? I want you to go water it. And you sit there and you're saying, God, all, all of this, all of this, and I, I don't see anything. Like Brother Rivera preached Sunday night, God, I, I, I don't see you working. I don't see anything taking place, but there's something being done that we cannot see. There's something that is taking place underground, and, and roots are beginning to grow, and they're getting the nutrients they need because God is working out something great. And he said, if you'll just hold on, when the time is right... You are going to reap a harvest. When the time is right, you are going to receive what I promise you. But that time is not yet. Okay, God, what now? I want you to go water some more. What now, God? I want you to go water some more. Seed taking root. Then a sprout comes up. Oh, boy. Wow. Wow got all that, and this is what I get. The fruit you promised me is bigger than this little sprout here. How is something so great and so grand going to come from this? God said, just keep watering it. Keep cultivating it. Keep working at it. And it's going to grow. And it's going to grow. And something's going to begin to come off of that and life is going to take place and that fruit is going to come out of that tree when that fruit starts coming don't go pick it right then you mean i still got to wait on it even when it's there even when i I can see it yeah just hold on a little bit longer i'm going to tell you when the time is right and when the time is right and you pick that fruit and you taste that fruit you're going to understand why i made you wait You're going to understand why it was such a process to get it just right. I don't want you eating seeds and dirt. I don't want you getting something cheap on the side. I I want you to wait and enjoy all that I have for you because I promise you it's going to be worth it all. You see, it's not easy discerning his timing. And it's even harder trusting his timing. How do you say that, Brother Lynn? You're a preacher. How do I say that? Because he had some friends that sent message to him that said, "Jesus, we got to tell you something. Your friend Lazarus, he's he's dying, and, and and it doesn't look good." Jesus said, "Okay, okay, go ahead." They walk off, go do their thing, and Jesus stays put for two days. By the time he finally gets there, they're coming up to him and saying, where were you? You're late. He's already been dead four days. The, his season's come and gone. You, you, it, it's past. It's over. You say, well, well I, I wouldn't respond that way. Oh, I can guarantee you, you would respond that way. Probably worse if we're going to be really honest. If our brother was lying on the floor, dying, and he needed CPR immediately, and there was a doctor beside you, and you grabbed the doctor and said, hey, doc, my brother over here needs CPR. Can you come and help? And he said, yeah, hold on one minute. and Begins scrolling through his Facebook, and (laughs) cutting up and laughing, and hey, Jim, I'll be back next week. I'm going to the golf course. I can guarantee you I know how some of us would respond in that moment. And then four days later, he comes back to the office and he says, Now, what was it you were wanting me to do? What was I, what was I coming here for today? Some of your blood's boiling right now and I'm giving a hypothetical situation. You're already mad. Who's this doctor? Tell me who he is. I'll take care of him. But that's how we would respond. And they're going up and they're saying, God, I, 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 we trusted you. We believed in you. And he said, I know and and for your sake that I'm glad that this happened because now I'm about to remind you who I am and what I'm capable of. It may not be in your season. It may not be in the time frame that you want and you were expecting. It may not be early. It may be late. But I am still on time. You get in time with him when you get in tune with him. God is too wise to give up what we want when we want it. How many things do we mark off as a coincidence when it's really providence? How many delays keep us from accidents? How many things were preventative that took place that we don't understand and we talked about this this last week on our family vacation. How many times has something happened that we, we don't understand in the moment and we may never understand here on this earth why that happened the way that it did, why that delay, why that frustration. But God's saying, hold on, you don't see it right now. You don't understand right now, but, but there's a time that's coming. Where it's going to be that time that we talked about. That moment where things begin to unfold and unravel. And you can say, oh, this is what he was talking about. To everything there's a season and a time. I'm getting that time right now. It's all making sense to me right now. I, I understand it now. How many things have died in our lives so that other things could live. Don't get frustrated with God because things are not going How you thought or when you thought you keep saying, well, God, I'm at the right place. I know you called me here. But you can be at the right place. But could it be you are there at the wrong time? If David would have left his home the day he was anointed. There would have been some great challenges ahead of him. And he had enough of those already. John 5 speaks of an angel that went down to the pool of Bethesda at a certain season, is what the Bible says. It was just a season that that angel would come and touch the water. The Bible says, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years, and when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man said, Lord, I missed my season. That season has come and that season has gone. I missed it. I missed that opportunity. The only angel only comes at a certain season and I missed it. Somebody else beat me there. Somebody else got there before I did. And God said, I'm not here right now to talk about seasons. I'm here to ask you, do you want to be made whole? Rise up and take your bed and walk. And that is exactly what the man did. It's your moment. It's your time. It's right now. I don't care what season you're in. I don't care what season you found yourself in. I don't care what others are doing or who got there first or who got there last or who almost got there. I'm asking you tonight, do you want to be healed? I'm offering you an opportunity right here and right now. He said a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what was planted, time to kill, a time to heal. You see, this is not some menu at your hotel that you read over the list and say, "Okay, now let me check off what I want so that tomorrow morning when I wake up and open my bedroom door, there lies a tray for me of all the things that I checked off that I wanted and nothing more. We don't get to go through here. A time to be born sounds good to me. A time to plant sounds good to me. A time to heal, check. A time to build up, check. Time to laugh, check. Time to weep, nope. Time to mourn, nope. Solomon was saying, if you get one, you're going to get the other. It's part of life. It's going to happen to everybody. It's going to take place with all of them. Seasons are inevitable, but we are putting too much stock into seasons. We worry too much about what our groundhogs say. We worry too much about what the naysayers say. We put too much emphasis on everything else because God is sometimes just too hard to figure out. Stop trying to figure God out. And just let go. I know it's easier said than done. I'm preaching to myself tonight. But when you can truly let go and say, God, I I don't want just a, a good season. God, I want that Kairos moment. I want that divine moment where something happens. And I know it's not just goosebumps on the back of my neck. I know it's not just because somebody come and touched me with and prayed for me when I was asking for somebody to come. God, I want it to be a moment where I know without a shadow of a doubt I've been touched by your hand. I've been spoken to by your voice. We're paying too much attention to what could possibly Maybe, might be. We're looking at a general overview of time. Well, it's it's sometime around here. It's usually time for revival right now. It's oh, it's about that time again for the youth group to go up to the front and all get prayed back through. Oh, it's usually time for folks to start leaving the church about now. Instead of that perfect God ordained Kairos moment where God says, This is it, it's now. I'm not 39% sure. I am 100% sure. This is a God moment. This is the hour you've been waiting for. Your winter is coming to an end. Something is about to spring up in your life that you never saw coming. If you would stop trusting groundhogs, stop trusting that thing that's giving you false information, that's just guessing where you're at, and say, God, I don't want to guess anymore. I want to know where I am, and I want to know. God, that I am doing something great for you. Stop trusting groundhogs. Here are some interesting facts about these groundhogs that you've been giving a voice to. Groundhogs rarely get too far from their comfort zone. They make many entrances to their burrows so that they can run and hide any time danger comes fearful. You're giving voice to that one that is fearful, and they're in hiding, and they're they're running away, and, and they don't want to step out of their comfort zone. They don't want to do anything crazy, but they're the ones telling you what season you're in and what you're about to go to. And we're listening to that groundhog as he tells us, it's not your time yet. It's not your season yet. A side note on this is most of them are dug out from their burrows by a predator and destroyed. Number two, they are always looking for danger and are very fearful. Number three, they spend most of their lives in hiding where they can be in a burrow or up a tree. What are you saying? I'm saying why are we listening to these that are hiding and they're fearful and they're worried and constantly looking for evil and danger and, and constantly? It sounds a lot like some of the people out in our world right now trying to tell us what season we're in, what what area of life we're in right now. And we're, we're listening to that and we're letting it impact the way we live our own lives. Well, my groundhog told me it's six more weeks of winter. Well, the groundhog said he saw something, and that usually means it's not time yet. I don't need to get my hopes up. Well, the angel already troubled the water once. Well, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Well, Jesus has been dead for three days. Well, doctors said that things are not looking good. You hear me tonight. That groundhog has hid its head in the ground for months barely breathing, barely has a heartbeat, and its results are not very good. So why would you want to listen to that? when you can say, God, I don't care what the statistics are. I don't care what the groundhog might say. I don't care what the world is saying and the media is saying and all my friends and family and neighbors and Facebook saying, God, I want to know what do you say? Where do you say that I am? We say who you say I am. God, where do you say I am? What season am I in? Let's stand all across this house. I have an understanding that seasons come and seasons go. But there is also a time where everything begins to make sense. There's that time where things begin to unfold, and I can say, Okay, okay, God, now I see what you were doing, now I understand. In the moment, we didn't. In the moment, we were frustrated and upset, and we wanted to point our finger at each and every person in our family, and, and we wanted to point our finger at God and at pastor. And God, Why did this happen? Why? But now I understand. God, now I know why I didn't get that job. God, now I know why you didn't move me. God, now I know why that relationship didn't work out. God, now I know... Why you brought me to greater life church. Now I know why you've called me to this ministry. Now I know God. Now I know. Trust in his timing again. Keep doing what you're doing. I know it seems like this season has lasted forever. But hear me. Galatians 6, 8, 9 says. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap Corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, that's that kairos again, that moment that is so unique, so special, not just for everybody, but for you individually. Don't be weary in what you're doing in, in your efforts. Don't be weary coming faithfully to prayer on Tuesday and Saturday nights. Don't grow weary in coming faithfully on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning and Sunday night. Don't grow weary in your Bible studies and your lessons and your devotions. Don't grow weary in that for in due season, in that time, that moment, that, that divine God-given opportunity. We shall reap if we faint Not at just the right God ordained time at the perfect time, if you keep doing what God has called you to do, if you keep focusing on your work and the season you are in, and you don't worry about what the groundhog says, and he's wrong anyways, I'm telling you, you're going to reap the harvest that God has for you. If you would keep at it and keep working for God and saying, I'm not worried about who's harvesting over there. I'm not worried about who's building up over here and who's tearing down over here. God, I want to know, God, what are you wanting me to do right here and right now in my season? God, show me where I am. God, show me the work that needs to be done, and I'll do it because I want that time to unfold before my eyes. I want it to be more than a season that comes and goes, God, but I want it to be a day, a moment where I enter into this place or I'm in my prayer closet praying and something shifts. And I know immediately this is that moment. It's more than a season. It's the time. It's that purpose that you spoke of. God and I have got to have that in my life. There's enough groundhogs out there that will tell you who you are, where you are, where you're going, where you used to be, who you used to be. We know all of that stuff. We've lived long enough. We could write some extra stuff to Solomon's list of 28 things well there's a time to do this and there's a time not to do this there's a time this might be a good idea and there's a time this is a bad idea we've lived long enough we could add to that list but solomon was trying to say i want you to understand all of that is life and there is a season but we forget he said to everything there is a season and that's where we just go on rambling all the things that are seasons But he said there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There's a season and a time. Tonight, some of you have come into this place. I feel like the Lord has told me it's your time. Amen. I feel like it's greater life's time. Amen. We've had seasons come and seasons go, but I believe that we're about to walk into one of those moments where we look at it and say, this is not just an accident. This did not just unfold randomly this way, but this was a God-given moment. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There is a God-given opportunity that I have placed in your hands for such a time as this. For such a time as this. It's not an accident, but this is God-given and it is purposed in each and every one of you to do what God has called you to do in this season. Let's lift our hands right now. Father, we love you tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, for drawing us close to you tonight, God, for allowing us to be in your presence once more. God, I pray that you would help us, oh God, to see the big picture, God, to see not what others are doing, God, not compare ourselves one to another, God, but that we would look at the work you've called us to. God, and we would understand that there is a divine moment that is right before us. God, that is a God-given opportunity to do something great for you. God, I pray right now that you would help us, God, to silence the naysayers and the haters. God, to silence those, God, that tell us where we're going and where they think we'll be, God, in future days. God, but I don't care what they have to say. God, tonight I want to know what does the Lord have to say. God, what would you like to speak into my life tonight? God, and whatever that is, Lord, that's what I want to live, and that's what I want to breathe, and that's what I want to do. God, we love you tonight, and we thank you for your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord. Amen. Remember services this weekend, prayer on Saturday night. Amen, all men's breakfast Saturday morning, all of our other announcements. God bless you. Love someone tonight. Let them know how thankful you are that they are here.